Long, beautiful hood. Can I talk from back here? No. No. Okay. What's after breakfast? What's before lunch? It's Austin, Texas. It's weird brunch. Ugh, I did an hour of yoga this week and it was... Good for you. I mean... That's an hour it? more you did last year. It's true. <laughs> That's true. Uh, it was intense and now my whole body still hurts did and it was two days ago do you like regular yoga or did you do the hot one it was regular but, but it's just hot in there. it was hot yeah yeah because it was in my office they oh. have a every monday there's a yoga class and it uh it was also fun because a bunch of co-workers saw me not able to do things yeah <laughs> did you change clothes or did you do it in what you were wearing to work well, I mean, I brought like yoga pants. Why do you have yoga pants? <laughs> Just a question. <laughs> God, damn. <laughs> Just kidding. Who the I'm, fuck gave you yeah, those? <laughs> I'm wearing yoga pants right now. I guess. I don't know. Me too. They're just leggings. Well, mine are yoga pants. Athleisure. Yeah. I hate that word. I hate it too. God. But it is very comfortable mm-hmm. though. I'm I'm comfortable right now, man. I'll probably. Just leave these on, take off my bra, and go to bed. Hell yeah. That's my general sleep cycle. That's my plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got like three pairs of pants that I will sleep in and wear to work. Mm-hmm. And anytime I do wear those pants to work, I am like in just, I'm a nicer person. Like yeah. I'm, I'm more comfortable in my office and in my skin. Mm-hmm. I only... My mom, buy more yoga pants. Right? Mm-hmm. my mom always used to say, don't always wear stretchy pants because eventually you'll grow into them. <laughs> and so I definitely wear jeans just to keep myself in check every once in a while. That is some Who's Lucille coming? Bluth shit. Right. You know what I mean? Like- oh, yeah. She's like, oh, you skipped lunch today and dinner. Mm. Good. Mm-hmm. Like, Wearing an elastic waistband. The environment thanks you. It's like yeah. Gabby's mom on cheer. Mm. Oh, man. Mm. I do want to rewatch it. and re- I don't remember what she told her to eat that would fill her up and not be calories. But I'm like, that sounds good. Right. <laughs> what is that? Air. Yeah. Spoonfuls of air. Yeah. And you just burp constantly. Go on the hook diet. I don't oh i get it now yes yes because they're imagining the food i get it you're doing it lisa i'm doing it and i'm losing so much weight (laughs) watch me uh i wish i could lose a lot of weight that'd be nice um well welcome to weird brunch yay yay (laughs) uh i'm whitney lamond i'm lisa friedrich i'm karina magyar Yay! yay i'm here Yes, you are. Mm-hmm. You've been relatively silent, though. Well, I just don't have a lot to say about pants. Okay. Mm. Well, <laughs> next time, if you'll come back with fun, five fun, fun facts about pants. You want some pantycotes? Pant- <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. It's not worse than athleisure. That's... At least it's original. They're close. <laughs> yeah. They're real close. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I don't. What's the what's the weather? What's the day? Where are we? We're in February. Yes. Mm-hmm. This has felt like the longest winter ever. Oh, mm. I love it. Like I'm this. so happy. Yeah. yeah, I want it to last for another 
few months, but it won't. I know it'll be gone by March. Remember when it was 80 and then the next day it was 40? And it snowed? Yeah. Yes. Fucking Texas, man. I like the weather part. It's just like the actual things going on this winter. I feel like it's just been like, mm. is this our permanent? Oh, emotional winter. Emotional winter. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. No, yeah. It's been nice to have like sweaters on, but yeah it's been bad to need them when i'm curled up in bed crying that's what i'm saying (laughs) when is it spring right (laughs) when can i naked cry in my bed instead of wearing this fucking sweater (laughs) so much better when i'm naked crying i can feel like i'm at the spa Mm. oh Hmm. right i mean do you guys cry at the spa i always cry at the spa i don't go to the spa that often but i could cry there oh man if you need one that place (laughs) just thinking about it is actually kind of (laughs) <laughs> oh my god just kind of bringing some things up yeah for me. nice let's have a good cry yeah my friend slash yoga instructor mm-hmm. <laughs> as of one day no big deal uh <laughs> we were doing some position she came and like pushed on me and i was like i don't know my hips real tight she's like we hold a lot of emotion in our hips and i was like please stop pushing i'm gonna cry i'm gonna right. cry please stop pushing <laughs> and then I, I work with these people this cannot happen i don't want to tell them all my secrets why would we hold emotion in our hips instead yeah i thought you held it like in your shoulders shoulders and your back that's more stress and then like stress is an emotion yeah stress look i'm not here to fucking go i just know what i'm told i read headlines (laughs) who also teaches yoga that you work with and ask them about it used to work with oh well there you go she couldn't cut it she thought things about hips that weren't true Oh, her hips do lie uh-huh. all from what i hear mm-hmm. y'all this is rude lie. this mm-hmm. is rude mm-hmm. we're judging y'all rude. we're judging y'all rude <laughs> i'm gonna let her know okay do it my two friends said <laughs> do you guys want to hear about how why everybody died yes everybody famous yeah I is it happening it. now it I would could love it could happen at any moment coronavirus <laughs> celebrivirus <laughs> sort of it's like the coronavirus of movie scripts so there's a movie script that is cursed Ooh. and anybody who reads it dies <gasps> it's Wait, like that the it, ring the full what's the except with a screenplay we, i'll tell you the the guy uh, in what's the book in from the guy in New Orleans? He's the fool. Oh no, the Confederacy of Dunces. Yeah, no, that one is like there's a couple of those going around where like they say that one was cursed, but this one, I'll tell you, this okay. one's really it's really cursed. This one's real. Okay, because it's called Atuk, A T U K. Already don't trust it. Yeah, <laughs> and the reason you've never heard of it is that they've never made it. And they've been, even though they've been trying to since 1977. Um, And it's about, it's based on a book from the 60s called The Incomparable Attuk by Mordecai Rickler, which right there. That sounds terrifying. Never trust a Mordecai. That's that's also, that's so many fucking syllables. Mm -hmm. It's Canadian. It's a Canadian book. Hard consonants. Yeah. It's definitely a lot, oh, but that, that's why it they, looks racist now. It is racist. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> so they should die for reading. No, I'm yeah, kidding. don't be sad that you haven't seen this movie. Um, so it's about um, a native uh, Inuit from Baffin Island, First Nations person, as they say in Canada, mm-hmm. who comes to Toronto, and wacky hijinks ensue because <laughs> fish out of water, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. 
Anyway, it's one of those 1960s like comedies jerk. that, like, yeah, wouldn't work now. Mm-hmm. But it worked great then. And uh, they wanted to make it in America. So famous Canadian producer Norman Jewison, who like is behind <laughs> everything. <laughs> and I'm not making a shit. Just, just full on owning it. No. I didn't mean any of that. Anyway, um... <laughs> He bought the rights and tried to make this into a movie called Atuk in 1977. And he changed the location because Baffin Island and Toronto both sound miserable to Americans. So now it's um, a guy from Alaska who comes to New York City. Now it's like, oh, I get it. That would be quite the adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the uh, hilarious and portly native person was, of course, going to be played in blackface by a white guy. Naturally. And that oh, has been the story. Face, Brownish right? face. Yeah. Dark tanned whatever face not not appropriate anyway so the first person that he shopped it to in the 1970s and who agreed to do it was john belushi so john belushi got really excited uh and they started working together like in the early days of saturday night live and uh they finally got the funding and everything and the script hammered out and they got the money uh to make it go in 1982 uh, and the minute it got greenlit, well, not the minute, but like a few mi- months after it got greenlit, <laughs> a few minutes after, <laughs> a few minutes, uh, John Belushi died, mm-hmm. um, which we all of know. what? Um, <laughs> He's Aww. dead. Exhaustion R. I. P. and speedballs. Um, so he was thirty three, and that was tragic. And we all still, you know, talk about that major loss for all of comedy. So. Um, the script obviously got put on hold. It's like, well, without Belushi, we don't have a movie. Kind of floated around, got back on the market. In 1986, they got Sam Kinison interested in mm-hmm. doing this. Because they're like, where, oh. Where is he from? He's from America and is also another fat white Houston, guy. Houston, Texas. From Houston, oh. Texas in America. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> Which is also in America. <laughs> it's what? <laughs> oh, Anyway, sorry. So one of the things I like about this story is that it starts with like the most iconic 70s fat comic, John Belushi. And now we're at the most iconic 19 mid 1980s guy, Mm -hmm. Sam Kinison. So they went from like weird falling down Blues Brothers type energy to whatever Sam Kinison brought to the table, which was mostly like cocaine, a Baptist Mm -hmm. preacher on cocaine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So 1986, he gets involved. It does not go well. Is this still Jewison? Yes. It is. So it does not go well. Um, Kinison hates it. He tries to rewrite it. There's fights with the producers. He ends up suing them, and then they end up suing him back. His suit gets thrown out, but the lawsuit back at him actually sticks in court, and he gets taken to court because I guess he threatened on the record, like they got it recorded or something, Mm. to turn in a terrible performance unless they let him rewrite the script. And like that was a breach of contract. It was just a whole fucking mess. Um, but then they finally like sorted it all out. All the lawsuits got dropped. Sam Kinison's like, you know what? I do need to star in a major Hollywood movie. I'm tired of doing club gigs in Houston or whatever. Okay. Um, (laughs) and in 1988, uh, they started production eight days after that. He halted the production again and said, I really have to rewrite the script. I just can't do it. And then like more lawsuits, it gets put on hold until 1992. And they finally come back together and say, look, you are no longer as big as you used to be. Sam Kinison fever has died down. You need to come back film. We still want to make this with you. And he's like, fine. 
let's do it. I agree to it the way the script was written. I won't make any changes. And then one he, minute later, <laughs> then one minute later, one he to died. Two minutes later. Yeah, it was like literally two months later, he died at the age of 38 when he got hit by a pickup truck in his car. Drunk mm. driver. Um, so huh. that was sad. I didn't know that's how he died. Yep. Um, so 1994, a couple <laughs> years later. I hate that I can see your screen. A <laughs> couple years later, 1994, they're like, well, okay, enough time has passed. It's that we've paid our respects. Let's offer this role to somebody else. We need another iconic fat. Chris Farley. Uh, so they offered it to John Candy. Oh. John and he Candy. was like thrilled because he needed like a real comeback movie. Like he was kind of like dying down a little bit. So he's like totally cool. And they like go with it. Green light in January, March of that year. He died. Mm. Yeah. Of a heart attack at the age of 43. So he asked his good friend, Michael O'Donohue, who was like a big writer at Saturday Night Live and, and um, Second City uh, to read the script and join as his like sidekick in the movie, the New York, the uptight New York guy. Right. Um, so he read the script and he was also on board and thought it was awesome. Uh, he died later that year as well oh, of shit. a cerebral hem- hemorrhage at 54 years old. And he was just going to be the sidekick? Yeah, he was going to be the sidekick. So at this what, point... A polar bear? David yeah. Spade. <laughs> well, no, uh, the New York the New York guy, like the, the uptight New Yorker that the I took. The uptight polar bear yeah okay business polar bear um so you'd think at this point they'd be like holy shit this has killed john belushi sam kinnison and john candy we shouldn't try to make this movie mm-hmm. but in 1997 they offered the role to chris farley okay yeah. well wait, now hold on hold on hold on hold on yeah we started in the 70s yes. we're now at 97 and we still think blackface is okay they are still thinking this is gonna be the funniest okay. movie ever. I remember this script is so good. Ninety seven. I was two... only two years old, but I remember ninety seven. Right. Yeah, but like think this two is two years old in ninety seven? Mm-hmm. Sure you were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you doing the math on that? No, I'm trying She's to see like, when something about Mary came out. Ninety eight. Oh. So I think they were thinking, okay, this whole like kind of like out there, right. over the top comedy is back Mm -hmm. let's do one with chris farley he's huge and Mm -hmm. so he was excited because he knew that john belushi was attached to do this at one point Mm -hmm. and that was like its best chance to ever get made and he that was his hero so he was like yes it's gonna be so awesome um and he agreed to do the part um and then he died at the age of 33 Mm -hmm. uh from a speedball before he died he uh tried to get his friend to come on and play the part of the uptight new yorker who's kind of his buddy in the movie david spade uh phil hartman oh, oh no. five months later his, his wife, wife murders him, him in cold blood bitch. is she dead no i don't I think hope so she's fucking dead. i don't think i don't recall that coming out anyways mm. Anyway, uh, it has finally, nobody offers this movie to anybody anymore, and it's acquired mm-hmm. the full-on reputation of if you read this script and agree to do it, you will die within a few months. Fuck. Um, so that is the story of Atuk. I mean, also Y2K happened, and that's kind of when <clears throat> they were like, mm, Blackface isn't that good. Yeah, I think it's also finally like no longer considered a commercial hit. I was about to ask when the last movie was made that had blackface, but it was literally last year. Yeah. What? The <clears throat> there's some uh, movie where a radio, a white radio guy, mm-hmm. uh, goes out as uh, a an African American woman, and like does the whole m- like blackface makeup and everything. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, he like has a character on the radio where he impersonates a black woman and then it gets so popular that he has to like make appearances like Medea oh. style. And it's supposed to be uplifting, but it's obviously horrible. There's also <clears throat> There was the Around the World in 80 Days remake too where um Arnold Schwarzenegger played um an Indian Raj in Brownface. Yeah, well, but also like he is just a very tan man. He could have just had muscle oil on his face. He's Austrian. Look at my muscle face. Playing a South Asian. I think that, I don't, you know, you can't get tan enough to do. I mean, his eyes are crazy. He's Austrian. Like, mm-hmm. the optics. Yeah, but Austrian and Asian have the <laughs> same letters, right? <laughs> like, you can't spell Austrian without Asian. You know, if you had that's been around true. in 1937, I think you could have talked Hitler out of it with that one. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's what I'm here to do. <laughs> Uh, y'all want to hear about camels in America? Yes, camels sure. in America. Mm-hmm. Is it the cigarettes? Uh, no, oh, good. Not dog. Not dog. So this is all about the Wild Wild West, um, <laughs> as told by as Will told, Smith. As told by Will Smith, myself, Ranker, and some other uh, sites that I pulled from. Uh, so Arabian camels were actually a huge part of the settlement of the Southwest. Did we know this? Makes no. sense. I did not know that though. Hell yeah. I love it when I bring it's something news y'all to don't me. know. It's so rare. Um, so in the 1830s, uh, they, Amer- like people that were surveying the, the new American West were like, oh man, this is a lot like the desert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ew, gross, y'all. This is like the Middle East, Northern Africa, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the fucking desert, bro. Mm -hmm. So what the fuck should we do? Because the mules and horses, you know, they could go a a ways, but those motherfuckers needed water. Yeah. You know what doesn't need water? Fucking camels, bro. (laughs) Uh, so in the mid 1800s, uh, people are like, what about camels? And military officials and politicians are like fucking psyched. (laughs) They're like, fuck yes, this sounds awesome. So they import, uh, camels to Texas to use as army pack animals. And, uh, this is kind of known as the camel experiment. So Congress set aside $30,000, which is, uh, now $5 billion. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, to purchase five, 50 camels and hire 10 camel drivers. In 1856, the first group arrived in Texas in Camp Verde. In 1857, a second shipment made 75 dang camels. Nice. They got 75 camels in this camel experiment for the army. All right. That's a lot. This um, is the same time when they started murdering horses because... Jeez, make up your mind, Army. I mean, they probably needed glue, Karina. Um, Camels make great glue. Got all that water in their hump. (laughs) That's what they say. (laughs) The second hump is just glue. Um, (laughs) The uh, so one of the camel drivers hired by the U.S. Army was a guy named Haji Ali, and uh, he was like one of the best camel drivers, and just really uh, went 
balls deep in this camel experiment. Uh, he assisted Edward Fitzgerald Beale on many missions. Lisa, who's that? Why'd you say all three of his names? <laughs> One moment. Uh, so Haji Ali, the soldiers had a hard time pronouncing his fucking foreign name. Haji so they, Ali? They had a hard time with Haji yeah, Ali? So they called him, Hi Jolly. Hi yeah. Jolly's really cute. Though. Oh, I've heard of Hi Jolly before. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, this is a good story. Yeah. <clears throat> Never um, mind, Karina's yeah, heard of it. I guess that's, Sorry. There goes my excitement. We weren't even that far in. Mm-hmm. Um, so Edward Fitzgerald Beale. Let's talk about him for a second. After graduating from the Naval School in uh, 1842, he was a midshipman, which I guess is like basically like bullshit. Um, you know, like a, a PFC, private mm. first class. I don't know. I Y'all, have no the idea 1800s what were a fucking wild time. All right. It sounds like 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 somebody who's like okay. Yeah, like you're he's a midshipman. A midshipman. Like, oh, yeah. like hey. Okay. You don't have to peel those potatoes, but if you could just like wipe this puke off of the admiral's right. room, that'd be tight. It's kind of like being a math teacher, but for seventh grade. <clears throat> yeah. Like you're good at math, but. Yeah. But. M- middle school. Let's stop at algebra. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then he sailed for now two all years. The teachers hate us. <laughs> in Europe and South America. Well, we're not talking about like pre AP. Mm. Okay. Um, and then so two years in Europe and South America and then he's promoted a sailing master he goes to California uh, and then after being there for about three weeks he's sent back to Washington D.C. and uh, after reaching Washington he's promoted to the grade of master and soon sailed for Panama so he like escalated fairly quickly Um, he ends up in California again like this dude is just destined for California um, he ends up in California again, and then uh, it's in 1846, so the Mexican-American War is happening, and um, the the guy who is his like d- direct uh, officer, what's it called? Below him? No, above him. His commanding officer. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, Commodore Stockton. Um, oh, wow, he drinks martinis. <laughs> mm-hmm. He made, he invented martinis. Um, he dispatches Beale to go serve with the land forces. So he's like, get off the water, go fuck around, have fun. So he's promoted to lieutenant in 1850, and then he resigns from the Navy. He's like, this is bullshit, and he goes back to California. I love it. Um, two years later, he's appointed superintendent of Indian Affairs. That's just what it was called then. Mm-hmm. For California and Nevada. Still is. Oh, well. Uh, is it? Yeah, I thought it was called something sure. else. Um, well, I mean, like that. I just meant like we don't use the term Indian anymore is what I'm saying. I think we do. No. Who does? Uh, the Bureau of Indian Affairs. Yeah, but like <laughs> as humans. No, as humans, no. But the U.S. government, yes. Well, the government doesn't fucking count. <laughs> Jesus. Um but okay so after his appointment in washington dc he returned to california (laughs) with 13 men and starts surveying a route uh across colorado to utah uh los angeles for the first transcontinental railroad so this dude ends up like just being like the most badass surveyor he's like let's go uh i'm gonna protect the 
Native Americans. Um, and, I, you know, he's protecting them from both, like, aggressive other tribes and also the fucking white people, which I'm, that's very progressive for that time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's and then, some dances with wolves shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a party with camels. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> And then he is <laughs> parties a, with camels. <laughs> such a beer commercial name. <laughs> a beer cigarette commercial. Oh combo. Jesus! Um, it's parties with camels. Woo! He's then appointed brigadier general in the California State Militia. So he just keeps going, keeps going. Yeah, and then gets um, the ranks. So uh, President James Buchanan appoints him to survey and build a 1,000-mile wagon road from Fort Defiance, Arizona, to the Colorado River between Arizona and California. Enter camels. Uh, So the Secretary of War ordered the formation of the first U.S. Army Camel Corps and appointed Edward Beale uh, to command it. So the camels had never been used to... uh, used for a long surveying trip like this one from New Mexico to the Colorado River. Uh, and the soldiers also hated the camels. So this was not an easy task for... they got like, attitudes Bill. for sure. Yeah, they're not friendly. Mm-mm. Soldiers, I fucking know. <laughs> Spitting on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Humping. <laughs> God. Only on Wednesdays. Um, so he... Also, Bill, not all soldiers, Lisa. Yeah. Not on camels, Whitney. Uh, you know what? You're right. <laughs> not, I stand corrected. Not all Native Americans, everybody. <laughs> and no one is Indians anymore. <laughs> except Indians. Um, he, Beale, uh, ended up like really, really loving these camels. And he was like, they're, you know, they're great pack animals. They're really good at what they're doing. They're, you know, they weren't dicks too much. Um, <laughs> get you where you're going. He's like making the Honda Civic argument for the camels, right? Yeah, like, I mean, they, they get the job done. You know mm-hmm. what? Fucking truly, yeah. truly, yeah. camels were like the hybrid mm. of the 1800s, right? Yeah, right, because they don't it's need nice as much gas, water, yeah. Toyota Camry. That's true. They yeah. get their own lane. Yeah, the desert. Yeah, Whitney S- is driving. Wait, where is there a hybrid lane in Austin? Oh, not oh, that's not a thing in Texas. Oh, yeah, that's a yeah, California we're thing. We're punished for that. We're not here. there yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So then he was like, "Yo, can I use these camels again? Uh, to check out this road uh, from Fort Smith, Arkansas." Um. This is where things started getting a little bit weirder because um people were starting to be like dude fuck these camels like we don't want these camels who who was saying this arkansas is not the desert well yeah but i I don't know why you have to you said who was saying they hate the camels yeah i'm i was setting it up and now we're talking about for like is it people who raise horses yeah whitney whitney did i get gold star i guessed it and mules um Mm -hmm. actually uh specifically the mule lobby in Missouri. I heard they're stubborn. Mm-hmm. Mm. As a... What are you on? You are on one tonight. <laughs> um, so they, yeah, they were scaring horses and mules. So like it wasn't easy to all travel together. Soldiers again were like, I'm not even going to fucking try to ride that motherfucker. I hate it. 
Um, and then the mule lobby steps in and they're like, this is bullshit. You know, we can't, we're not making any money. So they're trying to block further attempts to import more camels in Congress. This is like an actual thing that happened in Congress, which somehow makes more sense than what's happening now. Yeah. By the time the transcontinental railway kicked off, like this on top of like, all of these motherfuckers in Missouri being like, but my mule. Uh, and I imagine, you know, the Civil War. Right? Was this after the Civil War? There yet. Oh my God. Sorry. Oh, I'll God. Oh, it's that up. <laughs> I know about the Civil up. War. I'm Karina. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've heard that one. <laughs> The main Play complaint the about her <laughs> is her civil war knowledge. So, <laughs> God damn. so the transcontinental railway, it's like, who the fuck even needs these? Okay, we'll double down. Fuck it. Um then uh if so the mule lobby's like, we won. But if they hadn't won, guess what did win? Karina? Trains? The Civil War. Oh, <laughs> Okay. Um, when the Confederate Army seized Camp Verde, Texas in 1861, the camels remaining there were either sold as army surplus or turned loose into the southwestern desert to fend for themselves. Aww. Sold as surplus. I like that. Like you go to the army surplus store and they're like, do you want a canteen a or a camel? It sounds like a like a bdsm swinger party like code word <laughs> i got a surplus camel yeah or like <laughs> oh yeah i'll be sold a surplus mm. you know yeah mm. Mm. sounds more like a trafficking thing yeah but it's like yeah. a fantasy trafficking thing like fantasy trafficking i'll be your pack mule oh man that's probably a thing i'll go through the desert <laughs> i don't need water um dry and arid <laughs> How weird must like <laughs> that's how I like it. Ooh. Ooh. Um, so some Confederate troops took a few of them to carry supplies, instruments, and other bullshit. Uh one camel, known as Old Douglas, served Aww. with the forty third Mississippi Infantry at the Battle of Vicksburg. Did he make it through? I'm not there yet. I'm okay. not there yet. I promise okay. I'm going to tie all of this up. He got shot in the hump and it made a noise like a balloon oh. getting let the air out of. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was good. Thanks. I uh, got a gap in my teeth after I stopped wearing my retainer. Mm. It's I good have, for something. I got a big gap in my teeth all the time. That's hot though. Yours is in the middle, right? Yeah. That's hot. Mine's like over here it. on the side, like I've been sticking a cigarette in it for years. Well, you know. Yeah, well. <laughs> Make um, room for your jewel. Yeah, I gotta widen the gap. Just knock the tooth out. You know, that's a brilliant idea. Yeah. Fashion reason. Not heard a better idea in my life. <laughs> <laughs> um so in the years following their release into the wild, the camels were like hanging out in the American desert. They were doing great. And they were, you know, the average lifespan's 50 years. Some Jesus. ended up living much longer, I think, probably because there wasn't as much, like, competition and shit. There's only 50 of us or whatever amount. What's the average lifespan of a horse? Uh, what, like 20? Yeah, that's a good question. Horse I'm used to, like, racing horses, yeah. which horse is, like, lifespan, four years. Yeah. 
is 25 to 30. Mm. Nice. So, um, that's a long time. Good job, camels. One camel named Topsy Aww. went from Arizona to California, just wandering off. Um, and a zoo took her in, and she died at the age of 81. Damn. Wow. Yeah. Why did she have Topsy. her birth certificate on her when she was wandering from Arizona to California? Well, it dis- on the size of the hump, you can tell. If you cut the hump open, there's <laughs> rings. <laughs> no, like a coconut. It will tell you. I mean, like a tree. <laughs> like a tree or a like a coconut tree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yep. So wild camel sightings were, you know, that was a fun thing. And they were coming in pretty steadily until around the 1940s. And they dropped off. Um, but people are reporting seeing camels in Texas, Nevada, Arizona, California, um, and even like down to Mexico, which like that's not hard. To, well, it is hard to do now. <laughs> Um, not for a camel. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that'd be so, <laughs> they're resourceful. That'd be so fucking funny <laughs> if we arrested a camel. Uh, you for can't come back immigrant. in here. <laughs> that's right. We passed a law against importing you in 1850. Blah. Yeah. So stay in Mexico. Um, a frontier entrepreneur, which is just my favorite title of anyone, uh, named Samuel McLaughlin bought uh, the remaining herd of camels in Los Angeles in 1864. So the ones that weren't like set loose, he's like, I'll take these. Um, he dibs. He uh, made the money to buy them by organizing a camel race. <laughs> and then he wanted to make a profit off of the animals, sold a few of them to a salt mine in Nevada. I don't feel like that's a bad job for a camel, you know, here, carry this like salt. mines in general are terrible places. Yeah, work. I mean, don't send them into the mine. Like it's not it's a prob- canary camel. <laughs> <laughs> when the, when the camel falls down, down the salt is going to blow up. Yep, <laughs> that's my camel in a coal mine. Um, camel in a salt mine. <laughs> Salt mine, salt Sounds mine. like a song. <laughs> the rest of the camels, he sold them off to circuses, zoos, um, you know, shitty things to do in mm-hmm. the late 1800s. And then some of them, Edward Fitzgerald Beale was like, I want some of these for my hang zone because he had bought um, one of the forts that he worked at and he was just living there and he was like, oh, I just want a pleasure ride these camels. Okay. You know? I don't like the term no. pleasure right. I'm really uh, uncomfortable with everything that just like got said. Yeah. It's a song. Um the Okay, well is when that Lisa it, says she's pleasure riding camels later. I know. Just know that it's not creepy. What song are you thinking of? Magic carpet ride? What yeah. Oh. Magic pleasure ride. So let's talk about the legend of the red ghost. Wait, what, what does this have to do with camels? Skirt! What has she done? <laughs> um, in Arizona in 1883, there is the legend of the red ghost. A woman discovered a trampled body of her neighbor after hearing a blood curdling scream. She found uh, like a tuft of red fur next to the body. Mm-hmm. So then settlers claim to have seen like a red furred horse like beast roaming nearby. Mm. Chupacabra. For well, that's not. They don't look like horse. horse. They look like my dog. <laughs> Chupacabra. Wapo. <laughs> oh, okay, the handsome one. <laughs> uh, 
For like 10 years, uh, the Red Ghost terrorized residents of Arizona uh, in the desert. But like, you're fucking bad. Why are you living in the desert in the 1800s? Grow up. You are so going to get terrorized by so many things. Yeah. Yeah. The sun. Yeah. Tufts nature. Tufts of hair being the least threatening. Exactly. Every plant in your vicinity should be terrifying you. Yeah. Um, So sightings were reported by frontier families, miners, teamsters, and ranchers. Uh, (laughs) At least one report claimed the creature was a camel, but most people just knew the red ghost. Um, It had long red hair, cloven hooves, and a skeletal rider. A skeletal rider. I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Perhaps the most terrifying aspect is that they would see the skeletal rider uh, was actually headless. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, those skulls don't really stick once your meat rots off. (laughs) (laughs) That was the fastest amount of time I went into a what happens when we die panic uh, ever. So... uh, a lot of people are like, who's on the back of this red ghost? So some people think it's uh, a young soldier who was afraid of the camels and strapped onto one so he could overcome his fear. But the camel got loose and escaped, dooming him to dehydration in the desert without a way to cut himself down. That is the most dramatic. Oh, I love it. It sounds very southern lore-y. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um... And then some settlers supposedly found the man's skull after startling the red ghost one day. Scared the head clean off of that guy. (laughs) Um, The camel was finally shot and killed in 1893. Oh, the red ghost camel was? Mm -hmm. For being what, a man-eating camel? So it was, in fact, a camel. Mm -hmm. Well, why would they kill it? It was probably just like, I'm fucking hungry. I cannot fucking satisfy y'all. No. Well, First somebody off, kill the it's camel. Eye rolls because it's not real. Then it is real. And Continue. Okay. Satisfy us. I'm just upset Take that they killed the camel. Take us on your pleasure camel ride. <laughs> that's what I'm looking for. I'm not there yet. That's the. That's what we're trying to tell you. I'm just trying to get y'all there. You just there. have to get us there. Um, oh the rider's body was gone. The uh, but the, there wasn't one. The camel wore <clears throat> the camel wore a saddle. God damn it! And bore scars, supposedly showing like strips of rawhide that tied the man down. So like it looked like it was legit. Okay. So do we remember uh, High Jolly? Yes. yes. High Jolly continued to live in the Southwest after the camel experiment ended. He died in 1902 while looking out for one of the stray camels. Um, A true camel lover until the end, he was found with his arms around the animal's neck and they had both died in a sandstorm. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Isn't that the sweetest, like, saddest, saddest, but sweetest? That's a really good closing shot for a movie. I'm just like. Hugging your camel as the sandstorm mm-hmm. comes. That makes me not want to say this next paragraph. Oh, Do no. it. Uh, well, because I should have ended there. But uh, oh. the camels are generally uh, considered long gone, but people still spot them from time to time. Uh, I think the most report, the most recent reported camel sightings happened in like I think the 1980s. But that's still fairly recent. Um, 
And then the last accepted sighting was in Douglas, Texas, but reports of wild animal camel sightings. Wild animal camel. God damn it. It's fun. Uh, happened as recently as the 1980s. Ooh. So I guess they never had little baby camels. Because I would think that, yeah. like, our camels herd, or, like, group pack animals. They must have, but just not enough, you know? Yeah. Or did they they're still around by the 1980s. Maybe they didn't bring over, like, any female camels or only female camels. I mean, Topsy sounds a like girl? a bitch name, you yeah. know? Mm. <laughs> That's a name of a bitch. Topsy? Well, let me ask you this. How many of these yeah. camels had toes? Uh... Topsy was the name of the elephant. You were so mad at me today. No, it just took me a minute. And I'm my face is bitchy because I'm tired. Oh, okay. Well, How many of those camels had yoga pants? That's the question. Oh, that'll That's what answer they were it. missing. Mm. It's the only way to know what sex a camel is. How else are you going to stretch okay. out in the desert? So you can, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm. Before I start my story, I do want to say... Bryn Hartman murder suicided Phil Hartman. Oh, so she, so she that's what died I thought. Right she killed him not right away. She murdered him in their bed while he was asleep, drove to her friend's house, confessed, brought her friend and some other person back to her house, and then she shot herself in the head there that same night. Okay. Anyways, she's a piece <clears throat> of shit. This has nothing to do with her. This is the story of the Flatwoods Monster. Spooky. Was it shot dead because it was real? No. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) How the tables have turned. Mm, How the tables. Um, So everybody, I, I mean, I would assume most people have heard of the Mothman. Yeah. Like of West Virginia, the Mothman of no. Richard Gere fame. Oh, I didn't see that movie. Well, wait, I mean, you don't know the Mothman prophecies? No, I mean, I've heard the name of the but movie, but like the legend of the Mothman. No, oh, it's very it's good. fun, is it? Maybe we should do that soon. Mm-hmm. It's mm. yeah, it's we should because like five minutes long. in, I'll say, Oh, I know this one. <laughs> yeah, oh, wait, yeah, 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 yeah. So, this actually happened. In that same area, it's about a hundred miles away from where the Mothman sightings were, but it happened ten years earlier. And we're in Braxton County, uh, West Virginia, in 1952. Mm. To just set the mood, you know, like get into the mood. Um, Sounds like Deliverance days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the 50s were like booming everywhere except for West Virginia. West Virginia. Mountain I Mama. can't wait to West, West Virginia. Virginia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Took a train there. Um, so at 7.15 p.m. on September 12th, 1952. 1952. Yep. Two brothers, Edward and Fred, Ed and Fred, and their friend Tommy saw a bright object streak across the sky in West Virginia. And it appeared to come to rest on land belonging to a local farmer named G. Bailey Fisher. 
after the boys saw this, they went home and they're like, Mom, Mom, Kathleen, uh, let's go look at this fucking thing we saw. We're pretty sure it crashed over in the farmer's land. And so she's like, all right, the mom and the three boys go and um, West Virginia National Guardsman Eugene Jean Lemon. So Ooh. close. Oh. Um, they all go over there and to the farmer's land to see what the boys are talking about. Lemon's dog was with them and he ran ahead and out of sight, barked a shitload and came back terrified with his tail between his legs. And they're like, "Uh oh, that's probably not a good sign. Uh, they get to the top of this hill and they see they say they see a large pulsating ball of fire. Mm, sexy. Like 50 feet to the right from where they are. They said oh my it God. smelled. There was like this weird smelly mist that was making their eyes burn and their noses run. Oh God. He said there were also two smaller lights to the left of the object underneath an oak tree. Um, and when he put his flashlight on him, it revealed an entity and the entity re- emitted a shrill hissing noise before gliding towards them, changing direction and then heading off towards a red light. Wow. A hissing noise. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when that happened, everyone's like, ah! and they mm-hmm. all just fucking run. And so, go fuck their cousins. <laughs> West Virginia. Oh, mm-hmm. Do we have listeners from West Virginia? I don't know yet. Well, if they don't we have the do. internet. That's Normally, I'd say statistically unlikely, but then the two listeners we have found out about live in the middle of nowhere. So, hey. Yeah. Um. So once they get home, Miss May, the mom that was with them, contacted the local sheriff and uh, the owner of the Braxton Democrat, which was a newspaper, and gave them interviews, told them all about the, quote, sickening burnt metallic odor that still prevailed. Um, The sheriff and his deputy searched the area separately but didn't find a trace of the encounter other than that smell. The next morning, Stewart visited the site of the encounter for a second time and discovered two elongated tracks in the mud as well as traces of a thick black liquid. Um, He thought they were possible signs of something, but then they figured out that it was likely to have been a 1942 Chevy pickup truck uh, driven by a local who also got curious and went out that way as well. This sounds like an X-Files episode. A little bit. Yeah. Um, After the encounter... um, Mr. William and Donna Smith, investigators associated with the Civilian <coughs> Saucer Investigation, CSI. Hell yeah, CSI Louisiana. West Virginia. Oh, Louisiana. Okay. Ordered oh. a number of accounts or got a number of accounts from witnesses who claim to have experienced that phenomenon. Um, there was a mother and daughter, like our 21-year-old daughter who encountered the creature um and that same odor earlier on september or a a week before the september 12th incident um it scared the daughter yeah (laughs) 
It scared the daughter so badly that she was confined to a hospital for three weeks. Wow. Um, which seems extensive. They got a Women statement. Women are fragile. <laughs> yeah, also it was like a it's time true. for experiments. Right? <laughs> do she whatever. was probably a practice baby. Yeah. Oh, poor little practice babies. Mm. Um, Eugene Lemon uh, said that at the approximate time of the crash, her house had been violently shaken and the radio cut out. Oh, the mother of Eugene Lemon. Sorry. I was like, that's not a woman. Uh, the radio cut out for 45 minutes and a report from the local board of education also claimed to have seen a flying saucer taking off at 6.30 a.m. on the September 13th, the morning after. Um, a lot of people had these weird little encounters. Uh, afterwards, people claimed that they had irritation of the nose and swelling of the throat because of this burning metallic scent. Um, so Kathleen May, the mom, was like, I am into this. I'm giving re like re interviews with everybody I can fucking find. She went on, like I said, she contacted the newspaper immediately, which kind of sounds like maybe you're just really into this. Um, but she ended up going on a current events television show called We the People. Um, <laughs> and on We Wait, the People. Wait, what year was this? Yeah. 1952. Wow. So that was like the only thing on TV yeah, at probably. that time slot. You have like three channels. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So she goes on We the People and they have a sketch artist there and she describes to them what this thing looks like. Um, and after he turns it around and shows it to her, May, Miss May and Jean Lemon both are like, yep, that's exactly what it looked like. So the way it looks, I'm going to turn it around. This is to show you. Oh, cool. That's her. That's the way it looks. So even like, that's it's like not a, really an alien. It kind of looks like, like a, a robot it, with um, like, a, I don't know, to me. It looks like her. Her. Kind of. <laughs> this is does. a self-portrait. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it looks like this um, thing. Okay. It's almost like a witch nun. P it, yeah. So it has this like pointy. Like the top of the Taj Mahal thing. is yes. on Is behind head. it. Oh, behind <laughs> it. Yeah. And then the face is in front of it. And. Like um, baby Jesus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly like baby Jesus. It reminds me of something like the queen of hearts wears yes. in mm. Alice in Wonderland. Like she's got this big pointy thing behind her head, but then it's also like crazy tall. I don't know if y'all saw in the picture, but there's a man for scale. Oh, so you can oh, kind of okay, see yeah. him in the bottom right. So it looks oh. very huge. Um, it's like war of the world style. Yeah. <laughs> kind of war of the worlds. This big fucking thing. So yeah, it has that. It has kind of claw like hands some people say the Flatwoods monster also kind of looks like a lizard monster. Uh oh, lizard hello, people. hello, hello, hello. I am tuned in right now. There. It's all clicking now. Um, so, so that was Hillary Clinton. The way <laughs> May reported it was that it had long, <laughs> stringy, arm like appendages protruding from the front with long claws. Um, Chelsea Clinton. <laughs> 
the lower half of the monster is offer often compared to the design of a dress. So it's like this weird claw thing wearing a skirt. This big old bitch came out here and fucked It has a red glowing non-human round head and a large circular pointed cowling behind it. Mm-hmm. Grimes. Grimes. In the shape. Of an ace of spades. Yeah. So that's kind of what it looks like. The ace of spades. Uh, (laughs) If Grimes were a Clinton. That's what this is. Mm -hmm. How do you know she isn't? So. Good point. Mm -hmm. Over the years, people have claimed to see it lots. And it's nicknamed. It has been nicknamed Braxy after the. Tony Braxton. Braxton. (laughs) Yes. After Tony Braxton. Um. (laughs) so (laughs) people after investigating this case in the year 2000 um joel nickel of the committee for skeptical inquiry also csi concluded that the bright light in the sky that they witnessed on september 12th was most likely a meteor the pulsating red light was likely an aircraft or navigation hazard beacon. And the creature described by witnesses very closely resembles a barn owl. He thinks that <laughs> what the fuck bigger okay, wait, wait, barn wait. owl. So look, so this is what a barn owl looks like, yeah. right? Yeah. And so what he and most people actually think happened was, yes, they saw something in the sky. They went out there. They're all hyped up and freaked out. And then there's a fucking barn owl in a tree with some like some type of thing underneath it, mm-hmm. like a tree or more brush or something that's making it look like this giant tall thing. But it's actually just a goddamn barn owl up in the tree and then they flashed a light at it and it made a screeching barn owl noise like owls do flew at them and then flew away well how do you explain the the burning dark black liquid is that that's a that's good question. The meteor is that barn owl shit like it's what? so much barn owl shit <laughs> this sounds like moonshine it could be moonshine it was this you is know, all fueled by literal so gasoline. The yeah. night of September 12th, a meteor had been observed across three states, mm-hmm. Maryland, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, there were also three flashing red aircraft beacons that were in that area at that time. And how many barn owls? Um, there's 500,000 barn owls that were in. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's a, that's how a many goddamn owls. barn owl infestation. Um, we got to do something about these barn owls, man. Yeah, man. They're taking the yeah. canvas jobs. Uh, Build a net. <laughs> that's also why they think that Kathleen May's report of it having small claw-like hands were actually just the, the feet, feet of the owl. I love this. Extended in front of it. Um, no. But, you know, people still have fun with it. So every year they have like a Flatwoods Monster fun Truck day. rally. <laughs> Flatwoods Monster Truck Rally. Yes. People have things that's stickers that say free braxy you know mm-hmm. 
Um, but they're talking about Tony Braxton. They mm-hmm. are talking yeah. about Tony Braxton. Mm-hmm. Who it turns out that's as close as West Virginia will get to to Black Sorry. Lives yeah, Matter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. Braxty lives matter. Wait, what were you gonna say? Oh, Tony Braxton is a barn owl. Oh, I thought you were gonna bring up a free <laughs> she Britney is thing. A barn owl. Fun, she is. fun mm-hmm. fact: mm-hmm. Tony Braxton, barn owl. Mm-hmm. And she'll unbreak your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, the Braxy appears in various video games like Legend of Zelda, Majora's Mask. I guess that's about, I don't know. Um, Space Harrier 2, Amagon, <laughs> and Fallout 76. Okay. But I don't know if anybody plays that. Zelda is popular. Fallout's yeah. popular, or is Fallout seventy six? I think thing? Majora's Mask is popular too. I don't know. These I don't like... know what the fuck the other two you said were. Yeah, I don't Space know why there's a barn owl in Amagon. Oh my well, God. it's not oh the barn God. owl. It's the oh the Braxy. Yeah, Braxy. It's Tony Braxton. It's Tony Braxton. You but have like, to unbreak her heart to like get to the next all level. The, I love all the little like pictures of sightings because oh, that shit. Is, it looks like War of the Worlds. Why yeah. like, <laughs> someone was like, it shoots lasers from its eyes. But this is my favorite. Oh, that's such an owl. It's the barn. Not somebody drew the yeah. picture of what they said they saw half. That oh, and half what a barn owl would look like in a tree. Mm-hmm. And it looks exactly fucking like it's it. perfect. So that's the Flatwoods monster. I'm not sure I believe in it, but I like the idea of a bunch of people being so scared of an owl and going on national television and talking about it. So, yay. America. America. Owls. Yep. American owls. That's probably a band that'll be shitty that it'll start in the next two years or so hmm. Hmm. yeah but it'll be spelled like owls will be spelled with two v's a mare i can owls mm-hmm. perfect mm-hmm. that sounds awesome yeah <laughs> what uh, was uh what's his name white uh just a white person no, uh, Jessica, Jessica White. Jessica White. Jessica. 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 Who Jessica. the fuck Jessica? is that? Jessica. That sounds like a company. Jessica. Jessica. Do y'all know like the wild and wonderful whites of West Virginia? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's God. Jessica, right? It's been right? a minute since I thought about that. Yeah. Yeah, I hit her because my eggs were too runny. God, that, that was like, that was Didn't the, we talk about that? Maybe. I. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. That was but the early days of Netflix streaming being something it? people talked about. I feel that was about. like mm-hmm. two years ago. Mm-mm. Oh, God. No, that was like. It is no. Jessica. A while ago. Okay. No. Now I want to watch that God again. damn. He's still alive. <laughs> I wonder how many times he's seen this. Uh, 2009 shit. <laughs> Yeah. That's literally more than 10 years ago. Oh my god. Oh my shit. gross. Don't yeah. say that out loud. Oh. Wow. I'll edit I it out. Literally thought that was like 2 years ago. I yeah, I, I kind of Y'all want to not do another ep- let's skip a week. Again. <laughs> and just watch <laughs> again. Again. Just watch uh watch that documentary. Yes. Oh, it's so good. Anyway, how good. many times do you think the White family has seen uh, a barn? Bet you a million dollars. Brixby. One of What's them has seen it. Braxy. Braxy. I don't know. I mean, it does seem like moonshine would help with the Braxy sighting for sure. So probably a lot. And now there's all the uh, uh, fentanyl. 
Fentanyl. Is it fentanyl or fentanyl? Fent- fentanyl. 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 Whatever. It gets fucked up. Party. Woo! Fentanyl. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Party like a camel. Mm-hmm. Party camel. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your life. Tell us if you see a camel.